0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Grow in Knowledge podcast. I am Misty Umholtz and my goal is 2 Peter 3.18, to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, because whatever we apply ourselves to in life is what we will become better and stronger in. This is true for anything in life and it certainly applies to the Bible, our faith, and spiritual matters. May you be blessed and challenged as you listen. Hello everyone. Today I have a special podcast brought to you by my friend Shannon Howe. We've been friends for several years and have done ministry at our church together for many of those years. She is the one who gave me the teachings on healing that I applied to my life and I found complete and total freedom from all of my physical ailments that dominated my life for nine years. So She holds a very special place in my heart. She had to learn the hard way for herself about these truths found in God's word about healing, and she is here with me today to share her story and journey with us in her own words. So welcome, Shannon Howe. Thank you, Misty. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming over to my house today and sitting in my bedroom because this room has the best acoustics. Mm -hmm. And I see you came from working out. And that is the epitome of who I knew Shannon to be before her diagnosis, not just healthy in body, but also in diet. She used to juice celery Mm -hmm. for herself every morning. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me start with the first question for our audience today. When and how did you find out?
1: Um, Well, it was February of 2019. I was 37 years old. Uh, We were in the middle of helping my dad through his own cancer battle at the time. He had just moved to Tampa for treatments, and my husband was speaking at the church on a Wednesday night. He was sharing some new teachings that he had just um, gotten through Pastor Fritz at our church. Um, They were Andrew Womack teachings about healing, and he was sharing with them on a Wednesday night Bible study and prayer meeting. So we had brought my dad to the meeting, he had gotten prayed for. All of our focus in this area was really dedicated towards my dad and his recovery. So the next day I woke up with um, some pretty severe stomach pain. I, um, I didn't think too much of it, but throughout the day, it didn't seem to get any better. So I decided to walk into a clinic um, in our neighborhood. They did an x-ray, and they ended up sending me home with some laxatives to solve my problem, which was just embarrassing. But then the next day, that medicine made my situation much worse, and I was in a, um, a much worse state of pain To the point where I ended up driving myself that day to an emergency room while Byron stayed home so he could be home when the kids got back from school. Um, I thought maybe my appendicitis or I had appendicitis or something like that because the pain was so bad, but my mind did not go to cancer at all. It was just not anything that I expected. So they ended up doing a CT scan while I was in the emergency room and they came back to tell me that they had found a tumor in my colon, it was completely obstructed, almost completely obstructed, and then there was several metastasis to my liver. So I, uh, I knew enough about cancer just from what I had learned with my dad to know that the metastasis made the situation very serious and at that time it was considered stage four colon cancer. Wow, and how old were you and your kids at this time? I was thirty-seven, and my girls were six and eight years old. So they um, they knew enough about cancer to know it was bad. They were seeing how it was affecting my dad at the time, and there was just a, a sense of fear about cancer in general. So at the time, we chose not to tell them that I had cancer in my body. We just told them that. The doctors had found something bad in my body and that by jesus stripes i was healed so that they would understand the situation without knowing necessarily the diagnosis
0: without having the fear that the fear. that was so smart uh you gave them a gift in that and how did you find these teachings that you started to use right so we had just
1: we had just heard the name Andrew Walmack like that month as Byron started preparing for this teaching he was doing at the church, so we knew that that information was where to start and The night before my diagnosis, Byron had actually had a dream that spoke to him about Pastor Fritz having a book that he needed to get from Pastor Fritz, so it didn't mean a lot to us the next day until I was in the hospital being diagnosed with cancer. And Byron immediately called Pastor Fritz from the hospital, explained to him what had happened, and said, I had a dream that you had a book that I needed. Pastor Fritz said to him that he didn't have a book at the time, but he had just returned from the Gospel Truth Conference in Orlando that is held by Andrew Walmack Ministries, and that he had bought a USB drive of all of the teachings from that three-day conference. And he brought that to us at the hospital and it just immediately
0: changed the way, the way wow. everything went. So. Wow, that is so amazing. God is so good. Um, what was your background in your beliefs in the area of healing before this?
1: I think we had a pretty good
0: start. Uh, we knew of God's healing
1: promises. We knew about them. We didn't fully understand them, how to operate in them our role in them. We didn't understand that they uh, they're available, but not automatic. Mm. Um, We knew a lot of sick people. So we had questions that we didn't have answers to. Um, But obviously, we were Christians at the time, we knew it was possible. And we were so desperate, we were willing to do the work to, to really find out for ourselves the truth in God's word and his promises. So how did you start applying what you were learning? I mean, right away, we just started learning and we were so desperate for that information and for some hope at the time. I mean, we were still in the hospital and hearing all of the bad reports. So we would just listen in all of our time there in the hospital for the three days that we were there. Um, We would listen to podcasts. We would listen to the sermons. We would listen to teachings. We would um, read books we listen to worship music we got home from the hospital and we could just continue to do that and all of our free time was dedicated to this because it was our only source of hope at the time we were mm. getting a lot of negativity um a lot of bad reports so we were just craving that hope and it just allowed us to dig deeper and spend more and more time in the truth and that really just
0: transformed our thinking and the way I think you proceeded, it reminds me of Romans ten seventeen when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I know that Shannon and Byron were just clinging to the word of God. So what were the practical steps you took after the diagnosis? And once you've received this teaching, what did you do next? And yeah.
1: Well, after that diagnosis the doctors are ready for you to move forward with treatment basically immediately like they were ready to start chemotherapy in the hospital they wanted to move forward um, as fast as possible but because we were learning this information and we knew that god really needed to direct us in these decisions um, that's where our hope was there was no hope in conventional medicine at the time the doctors said it wouldn't cure me there was no cure there was only help and mm. that wasn't enough. I, I wasn't satisfied with that option. So, um, so we really pressed into the word. We asked God for direction in every single little decision. They were all <laughs> big decisions, um, yeah. really. But right from the beginning, um, which doctors to work with, um, which procedures to have, which treatments to pursue or avoid. I was really hoping to avoid the chemotherapy. I was watching my dad experience some really negative effects of the chemotherapy in his body, and I had such a negative perception of it at the time. But um, again, I just, I was desperate to live. (laughs) So that's kind of God met us where we were, and He knew where our faith was at the time, and we felt a peace. We ended up feeling a peace (laughs) about the chemotherapy. So once we made that decision, that's where we started. And we just started speaking life over the chemotherapy itself. Um, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And we just, we spoke words of life into the chemotherapy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. So every day, every time we went to receive a chemotherapy treatment, we would pray. We would take authority over, over the medicine. We would command it to only attack the cancer cells in my body and to to leave every healthy cell alone and then to immediately leave my body as soon as it was finished working. And we took authority over side effects. And and honestly, we were able to complete the chemotherapy treatments, which were extensive at the time. I mean, I, was, I had a pump that I would have to wear for 48 hours at a time every two weeks, um, constantly pumping this into my body. So I was having to use a lot of faith over the chemotherapy, but um, I had I had zero
0: symptoms or side effects of the chemotherapy at the time, praise God. Yeah, she kept all of her beautiful thick (laughs) hair. She never looked sick, but didn't you take, it ended up being something like 40 days before you even started anything after the diagnosis. Is that correct? We did, there was so much information coming at us
1: and everyone has their own opinions about how to proceed and what to do. So we did, we took our time. trying to decide the best path for me specifically. And that ended up including a naturopathic oncologist who I was able to work with in addition to my conventional oncologist to do some, some naturopathic treatments in order to keep my body in its best shape and to have the best um, treatment possible. So it helped
0: enhance the effects of the chemotherapy without all of the negativity. That is awesome. And did you uh, fill a piece at all about getting any surgeries? How did that go?
1: So at first, I was not a candidate for surgery. Mm. They took that off the table right away because of the liver involvement at the time, and they wanted to just target that right away with the chemo. So I proceeded with chemo. Byron actually had a word right before we started chemo, um, that it was going to go faster than expected, which is kind of unheard of because standard of care, it's a 12 treatment process. Um, But after my 11th treatment, just, just, I don't even, I can't explain it. It's just God. Um, The 11th treatment, my doctor just said, uh, you don't need to have the 12th one, which doesn't even make sense. I mean, even if you had stage one cancer, you do all 12 treatments. So we couldn't explain it, but we took it and it was just another confirmation. God was keeping his promise to us. So that kind of led us um, led us into making decisions about surgery. After that, I was eligible for both colon and liver surgery, but the liver surgery was going to be extensive. And again, we prayed we didn't have peace about that surgery at the time. So we went ahead with a colon surgery. And then a year later, we had a much better option for liver surgery mm-hmm. that we that we did choose to proceed with so that was October of 2020 when I went ahead and had the liver surgery and
0: that was the last conventional treatment oh wow yes so you were diagnosed in February of 19 yes and then you were cleared in October of 2020. Yes. Wow. On. During that, COVID. It was lots of fun. amazing. And then also one last question and then we'll move on. But I remember you didn't end up moving forward with certain doctors that were popular, or famous for this. And how did you make those kinds of decisions and all of that? How did that go?
1: we realized every decision was so important i mean literally life and death are in are in some of these decisions so um, we didn't just accept what was told to us we really we brought every every doctor we prayed about every doctor to proceed with and it came down to we just we felt a peace about following specific people and they were not necessarily the people recommended so Mm. we Um, We ended up going to Boston for my first surgery beyond anybody's understanding. But that was it was a referral and we felt the peace of God about it. And we did that. And then when it came time for liver surgery, we did not go to my cancer hospital's recommended surgeon. We ended up going to another local surgeon who a friend of mine referred us to and had the most amazing experience. And we know it was God. So since then. My my oncologist has started referring his patients to the surgeon who I went to, um,
0: who's not part of his oncology hospital. Wow, that's awesome! So, what would you do differently or the same if you could? Given the
1: information that we had, um, I think we just did the best that we could at the time. I wish I had known all of the truth, the fullness of God's promises before we were in this desperate situation. I know it's, you know, it's um, it's a lot easier to have faith for the small things instead of jumping right to the worst case scenario. So if I had had this information, I would have been in a much better place. I, um, I believe my faith could have been to a point where I was healed without medication, mm. without all of this fear and doubt and unbelief that tried to creep in along the way during the treatment and beyond. I mean, this is an everyday thing. So when you have a cancer diagnosis, it's not just a one-time decision. You have to decide to be healed every day and to receive everything that Jesus died for us to have every day. So it's just a constant renewing of my mind. And I'm thankful that I'm there now, but mm. it took time to get so here. Cool
0: took a hard path to get there. So what were the Bible verses or one Bible verse that you really cling to during this time? I think
1: the scriptures really changed as the stage of our process changed. But right away, the first scriptures that we had were definitely Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter two 24. I'm going to read them for you just because they're so profound. So in Isaiah, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. This is in Isaiah, this is prophesying Jesus. So then it's confirmed, 1 Peter two twenty four. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. And we just we clung to that truth that Jesus took these sicknesses to the cross, so that we did Mm -hmm. not have to bear them on our own. And that is that was what we exalted. We exalted the truth above all medical facts Mm. that pointed otherwise. So. That was so important for us as we were getting so much bad information because facts, facts can actually change. And our facts changed many times throughout this process. But God's word is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And that was what got us through. And that's what continues to get us through now.
0: That is so awesome and powerful. I mean, this might go without saying, but how has this affected you and your family's lives today and how you live your everyday lives?
1: I just think it has equipped us mm. to to really take on all, all challenges. We bring everything back to the Word of God, so we know exactly where our source is, and I just... I feel like we we really it's not just healing there's so many promises that that God gives us in his word and that they're all available to us. So we just we don't want to miss out on anything he has for us. So we've just really learned how to press into God, how to how to, you know, believe and receive his promises for us and then how to share them with others so that they can also experience it. And I'm so glad that I had the chance to walk through with you. And, and see and witness you receive the healing that, that Jesus died for you to have too. So that's just our hope for everyone, really.
0: Yes, we're, we're tearing up here. <laughs> uh, God is so good. Um, is there anything else you want to add or leave with our audience? I know you had mentioned um, just if someone is going through this um just there's no formula. It's not like Shannon's way is the way. Right. Right. What should they do? No, I'm really glad you brought
1: that up because it's so true. Um, There's so many decisions that have to be made and I know it is overwhelming. So if you find yourself in any um, health crisis, really, yeah, um, there is there is no secret formula for getting your healing. There's no magic treatment it's really just pressing into the word of God and letting him direct you specifically because he's the only one who knows Mm. where your faith is truly and what your beliefs are. So um, I would just, I would just encourage you to pray and to follow the leading of the Lord and let the peace of God reign in your heart and, and pursue that which he's directing you to, even if it goes against um, other recommendations or advice Mm. you get from
0: anybody else. Wow. That is good. Well, as we, do you have anything else before I wrap up anything else you want to share? No, I don't think so. Okay, I'm
1: happy to share with anybody on a one-on-one basis though. I know that it's so much information and there's a lot um, to (laughs) people have a lot of questions. So I'm Mm -hmm. happy to walk through that with anybody.
0: It's definitely a process for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we wrap up our message today, Shannon and I hope you are encouraged by her healing testimony we want you to remember that God is no respecter of persons what he did for her he will also do for you we should mention that her husband has his own podcast where he teaches on these subject matters as well what is his podcast called? Byron Howell Ministries Byron Howell Ministries Uh, he's a great Bible teacher so I would highly recommend looking that up we want to leave you with a few bible verses Uh, the first one exodus 15 26 says i am the god who heals you it does not say i was the god who heals you or i'm gonna be the god who heals you nope it says i am the god who heals you jeremiah 30 17 I will restore your health and heal your wounds, says the Lord. Exodus twenty three twenty five. God says, I will take sickness away from your midst. We want to encourage you to seek and magnify what you need. If you need healing, seek out scriptures and teachings on healing and health, not on sickness and weakness. And remember, God never calls himself the giver of sickness and bad things. He calls himself the healer, who is a good God and a good father, who gives us good gifts. That is who he is. He never changes. God is always good, and Satan is always bad. They never switch roles. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly sickness and disease still kill, and destroy. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be healthy in body just as your soul prospers. Goodbye for now.